guys. How's it going? Hope everybody's well. Haven't had a chance to listen to the latest episode yet, but I know Geek Flea is coming up this weekend, and I just wanted to check in with Big Kev and see if he needed anything from the flea market, <laughs> maybe some empanadas. I can have those shipped out to you. I'd hate to go to an awesome place like Geek Flea and not check in with you and make sure that everything that you need is taken care of uh, leading up to such an awesome event. I can't wait to see everybody there. And you know what, guys? I'll, I'll give you a quick shout before I head off to Galaxy's Edge in, in, a, in a week and change. And make sure you guys don't need anything uh, from there either. I look forward to listening to the newest episode. Have fun. That right there may be the greatest introduction to this show in the history of, of this program. So, well, how about that? So, Checking in to see if we need anything from Geek Flea. Wow. That's so swell of him, isn't it? Isn't it nice? I just want Isn't to... it nice of him to check in before he goes not only to Geek Flea, but he's also, as you know, uh, going off to Galaxy's Edge in a week plus, whatever he said in, in that voicemail. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice of him? So uh, considerate. So I want to start off by saying, Mr. OG, you, you've been avoiding us at the water cooler. You've been avoiding us at lunch. And now you want to act like, oh, I'm such a good friend. All right, listen. You, listen. You, sir. Listen. I, you're I'm not poking done. A, you are poking a, I'm, I'm trying to help you I don't, by listen. cutting you off. Listen. I'm trying to help you by cutting you off because you are poking a bear, sir. The deadbeat dad who left to get cigarettes and hasn't come back yet <laughs> can't come back and insult me about not showing up, all right? Listen, OG. I understand. <laughs> you know, you're a little salty. You have your moments. I don't need that right now, all right? I got enough of it from Kev. Wow. We move oh, past wow. that now. And you're bringing up you some have, stuff we don't need. You have started something that you may well regret, <laughs> sir. I'm just... I'm putting I've known him a lot longer than you. Wow. And wait, wait, hold on. Let me think for a second. Wait, let me think for a second. Yeah, I've known him I think since you were an infant. <laughs> I think you are entering into a contest of wills, sir, with no weapon against a nuclear OG. So <laughs> I'd be very careful. If he wants to have a fireside chat about it, we can have a fireside chat about it. All right? Wow. I can't believe <laughs> he's gonna be angry. Oh, I can't. I hope there's a follow-up voicemail. I'm so ready oh, for this. Oh, I suspect there will be a follow-up voicemail. Just I'll see thought. you at WrestleMania. <laughs> OG. Wow. I, I I don't even think it's shots fired. I think it's like cannon fire at this point. It's not shots fired. We're it's way past like that. It's like his back was turned and, you know, like, I don't even know. There's no analogy. I just thought maybe, I thought maybe, uh, I thought maybe Sandwich would know his place, but I guess I was wrong. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, that is... Boy, are you going to regret that, I think, at some point? Oh, that's going to go into the, uh, the best of I 2019 own... reel right there. Holy shit. <laughs> wow. Hi, folks. Big Kev, how the hell are you, man? Now, how are we going to even follow that? Welcome to Geek Stuff TNG, that's, that's, ladies and gentlemen. I'm I'm gonna let him lead because I don't want him shooting me in the back. Episode five sixty six. Right now we're calling it Eberron. All right, I'm in the back yeah. seat now. Yeah. I'm Might okay change that. though. Holy cow! <laughs> Maybe Eberron shots fired. <laughs> Maybe we should call it Hey OG, look up. 
<laughs> Maybe. Because you see that that bus rolling above you, you got tossed under there. Wow. Watch your I'm back, just, OG. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. I can't. I mean, normally under these circumstances, sandwich is kind of you know like a okay, uh, yeah, all right, I, I I get it. I'll take the criticism. No, not today. You know, first of all, he 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 possibly the worst day for him to. I mean, like normally, like if I was there, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Eh, poke a little fun at him for well, you know, a I am. Yeah, I sure. am, I'm legit disappointed that he didn't call me. That's true, <laughs> but you know, you know, you poke a pull pulling away the curtain a little bit. You poke a little fun at him, you let it go. You know what I mean? And I think OG was just doing the same thing. But, man, <laughs> he's – listen, Sandwich, he's not 6,000 miles away. He's a zip code or two like, over. Not at all. Like, you could – I'm not even joking. Like, you, you don't know him the way I know him. Like, you could show up next week, and he could be sitting in that chair. He'll be, he'll be showing up with his, Vito, with his Uncle Vito. With his Uncle Vito. His uncle he, Tony. His uncle, he doesn't need uncle anyone. He could be sitting right there waiting for you, Sandwich. I'm just saying, you just best watch yourself. That's all. That's all I'm saying. We can move on. All right. Well, you want to talk about Geek Flea? Well, we have, we have lots of house cleaning yeah, going on. You better. I, I guess you're not showing up to Geek Flea now, right? <laughs> he's definitely not. He's, he's... I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, cause, just because there's 20, 30, 50, 80 people there, some of which are kids, doesn't mean he won't kill you. Those wit- those proposed witnesses all of a sudden were looking the other way. That, that's that's how that works out. I'll, I'll show up with a chair and a table. <laughs> like Virgil. Okay, so here's what we got going on. We got a lot of stuff just uh, house cleaning wise. <laughs> that was a good one. That, that, was that you that just did that? Yeah. That was, that was excellent. That was excellent, sir. That right. was right under the radar. Good for you. All right, so here's what's going on uh, house cleaning wise. Geek Flea coming up November 23rd. That will be a Saturday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., 633 Kearney Avenue in kind of beautiful Kearney, New Jersey. Uh, 40 vendors, raffles, live DJ, empanadas. Gotta love the empanadas. Uh, there's going to be a variety of arts, arts uh, uh, collectibles, books, um, comic books. Think of it as your local comic book store meets uh, an Etsy store, kind of. That's like the kind of the, the vibe that you're going to get uh, right. over at Geekfully. Um, I will not. I will be there. Rather, uh, OG will be. Uh, Big Kev will be uh, FaceTimed in uh, via my phone, depending on the the connection. Um, yeah, it will be. Sandwich will definitely not be there now. <laughs> he will definitely not be there. Uh, but that's happening over in New Jersey. But if you happen to go across the bridge uh, towards New York, Huracan is also going to be going on the same day. It's going to be happening at the Bethany Congressional Church of East Rockaway, New York. Uh, the gym over there uh, suffered some major damage when Superstorm Sandy hit, uh, as it was a shelter for a lot of people. Um, I have family over there, and the, the area just got decimated in certain sections. Uh, so this is the, the proceeds, rather, are going to be going towards uh, build, rebuilding the area, kind of helping out uh, any volunteers as well. Uh, all the proceeds, um, again, this is kind of a comic book meets uh, semi-Etsy kind of store at the same time. Uh, it's going to be happening at 100 Main Street, East Rockaway, New York, on Saturday from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. for Huracan 2019. Highly recommend uh, checking out if you're in the New York area. And again, if you're in Jersey, stop over by Carney for Geek Flea. You know, uh, you know, Sandwich, I just thought of this as we were sitting here. You know, his child and his wife both studied jujitsu, right? Uh, <laughs> just, I, just saying. 
Oh, putting it out there. Oh yeah, I'm a white belt in so, judo. <laughs> ju- yeah, you're you're a white belt at JC Penny. Two ninety nine, whatever Mr. Miyagi said. Frodo's um, gonna. You know, I've never I've never talked about this. I'll, I'll talk about it really really quickly. Sure. Um, the church where Geek Flea is. There's actually another church across the street, or uh, a Catholic church called Saint yes. Stephen's. Yep. Um, my grandmother's brother, my great uncle was actually a pastor at that church. Okay. Um, uh, and actually went to fight in, well, to be a chaplain in world war two. Um, yeah. And his name was, uh, father John Washington and he, um, it's actually, uh, it's a famous naval story called the four chaplains. Uh, so if you like to look that up, it sounds like a, it, it kind of, if you, if you tell the story, it sounds like a joke. It's like, you know a Catholic, a Protestant, a rabbi, and, you know, like they go on a boat, you know, but but it's, it doesn't really have a happy ending. The short version is they were on a ship called the USS Dorchester. It was torpedoed in the middle of the night in the North Atlantic, mm-hmm. and the chaplains, the four chaplains, they raced around making sure that everybody was getting off the boat, and they finally ended up giving up their life jackets to other sailors. Oh, wow. Um, and went down with the standing arm in arm on the deck of the ship. They went down with the ship together. And, you know, my whole life at St. Stephen's Church, I've been going there since birth because they have a mass uh, for my great uncle um, every year at that church. And actually, if you're facing the church and you, you can check this out, Mr. Monty, mm-hmm. um, when you're there, um, the street to the right, I believe it's the street to the right of the church property. Okay. So not that main avenue there, but that side street there, I think was renamed like uh, uh, Father John Washington Drive or some such thing. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, just a bit of history that I have in, in the area. Sure some history of, buffs will be into that, too. So I never, yeah, I've never, I've, I don't think I've ever talked about that on the show, um, the fact that, that I'm that aware of. Flea is right across from that. So. Oh, pretty cool. Uh, before yeah. we go into the contest, just really quickly worth pimping out our Patreon. That's at patreon.com slash geekstufftng, where we have a whole mess of uh, levels. For a buck, you're able to enter our Discord uh, to talk to everyone who's involved uh, one way or another with the show. Uh, $3 or more, you'll get the show a day and a half early. That's usually Tuesday nights with a sneak peek at the prep sheet. For $5 or more, you get uh, some bonus content, the weekend bonus shows, uh, which has been uh, lately myself and The Young Sandwich, with two vintage shows a month. And for 10 bucks, you get to see us live on the Instagrams, like a few people are right now, which usually Kev gets a chance to talk to, as The Sandwich just waved at right now. You someone want and to I'm going to say... I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Uh, I don't know. Was the sandwich? Was, were you wanting to say something there? We just waving. Oh, are you people. just? Oh, oh, sorry. I was pointing at the um, people. I just point. wanted to say. I just wanted to say. I've listened. I've been listening to the vintage episodes, um, which are really great. And I just listened to episode forty. I just started forty-one, but I just finished episode forty, which was our first XM uh, live show. Okay. Hmm. I think for Sirius XM, I think that's what that was. We had John Ramita Jr. on. He was sketching live in my sketchbook. We had a camera on him. Uh, it was like the Pal Talk system way back in the day. I don't even know if that's still a thing. Okay. Um. Uh. And and we also had one of the Ghost Hunter from the show Ghost Hunters. We had that guy on. It was a really interesting show. A very long ass time ago. Mm-hmm. Um. Because we still had a MySpace page. Yeah, that sums Ooh. it up pretty well. 
which we plugged quite a bit. And I'll take that opportunity to plug our more recent uh, ventures like Facebook. Check us out over on Facebook, Geek Stuff TNG. Uh, check us out. Uh, I don't know. Did we move a Twitter? Do we do a Twitter yet and all that? Oh, yeah. I think that's in progress. So we should have yep. all that up and running. Point is, is that, yeah, those vintage episodes are really funny. For example, in the episode, I think, I think it's 41. I say there'll never be a Tron 2. And I also say, and we cleared this up. We cleared this up either last week or the week before. I also said, even way back then, that I thought The Last Starfighter was a Disney film. <laughs> so, so I know that we talked about that like last week when we were yeah. talking about Disney+. Plus. Um, but it, it, yeah, even back then I was like, yeah, Disney hardly did any live science fiction. And we were just – and. You know, we talked about I actually said Tron and I said Last Starfighter and didn't even mention the black hole. So, you know, it was a different time is all I'm saying. In the way back when. So there we go. Yeah. There we go. So, yeah, you should definitely those vintage episodes are really uh, those are really, really interesting. So, yeah, definitely Patreon people uh, uh, are enjoying those and you can be one of them, as Mr. Monty has suggested. Indeed. Now, Big Kev, we also have our contest that is wrapping up today. Uh, which I'm I'm loving our entries, by the way. Oh yeah, well we've had a lot of entries. I'm actually trying to get my uh, book to cooperate. Yeah, we've had a lot of entries. We pointed out a few uh, on the last uh, uh, the last episode. We said that uh, Vicious Smith said uh, the Nerd Galaxy. Pardon me, the Nerd Galaxy, and also the non-important guys, which I thought was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Shardos uh, over at Discord said the next guys. Um, and then we had a couple of new ones uh, today. Will Trash said triple nerdy goodness. I like that uh, one. And then we had um, Cousin Dave, who is uh, part of the Hanged Men uh, posse, right, uh, Sandwich? Yes. Um and uh, mm-hmm. he said the new geeks, and he also said the next generation. You know, th- those are those are good. And um, right, so we but we want to crown the winner now um, uh, because we want to bring this contest to an end. And uh, I think we've decided uh, because we were going for creativity here in this one. We had a lot of entries, like I said, we did a lot of debating about this, and I think. Uh, I think we're going to award this one to Wombat Neil over at Discord, who uh, gave us the monitor Geek Stuff Touch Not Goofy, which, which I feel was a creative response, uh, a creative response to, um, uh, you know, the, the question, and it was very timely because of what, uh, you know, what transpired. We were, uh, yeah, it was what we were talking about at the time. Oh, sorry. That's all right. I don't appreciate them making fun of my night I spent in jail on something anyone could have done. It could have happened to anyone, Wombat Neil. Listen, first it was Goofy, then it was OG. Just things come in three. That's all I'm saying. So, um, Right. And the prize, Big Kev, that we have. Yes, the prize. Uh, go yeah. ahead, Mr. Monty. So... I'm showing it up to the Instagrams right now. Obviously, I know it's backwards right now because it's a book. But what you are getting, Wombat Neil, is the best original screenplay written by Jordan Peele for us. So these uh, mini books here is the screenplay for the movie. This is, get, is what gets submitted to uh, people in uh, the unions and the Writers Guild for consideration uh, come award season. 
So in right, this, so you don't see a lot of those floating around. No, you don't. I have a I have a few of them personally, um, but this is the one for us that came out, which I think I was uh, myself and my girlfriend were the only ones on Earth who uh, thought it was just okay of a movie. Um, but it has the entire screenplay from front to back. Uh, these are very hard to come by. Uh, and, uh, I don't know if he's in the Instagram or, or what, but, um, yeah, I am happy that, uh, to, uh, hit him up later to go over this with him and, uh, so him to get his prize. So that's it. Congratulations. Wombat Neil. Indeed. Um, before we, we get, oh man, I'm having problems today. Before we get, uh, too far away though. Uh-huh. I want to I want to also recognize oops that's not going to do it. I want to also recognize uh Farmer Dave. Um, I love Farmer his Dave. Farmer Dave's submission was all these people uh are thinking it's an acronym when obviously it's just the sound you make when you step on your kid's Lego after getting up to yell at the neighbor's idiot barking dog at 2 a.m. So we're gonna give uh, we're gonna give Farmer Dave a commendation for original thinking. <laughs> so because he did go outside of the box there. So good for you, Farmer Dave. No prize involved, but Absolutely. a commendation for original thinking. Very yeah. solid submission, Farmer. Get a thumbs up on that one. Uh, I guess we're actually ready to do the show now, right, guys? I think sure. So. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Okay. I, guess I mean, I I I think that you know we. We certainly had an auspicious beginning. We okay. probably should talk about <laughs> so, the so, so now I should hit the record button is what you're saying? Oh, yeah. Now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think before we get into anything that's actually like hard news, we have to talk Mandalorian and we have to talk Rick and Morty. Yes. But it's important to note that we are going to be going over the first episode of each. We're not going to jump ahead. We're not going to be worrying about that. And I know not as many people, you know, a chunk of people probably haven't seen it, and it it, it falls under the umbrella of uh, the grace period to wait an extra week on yeah. the TV show. So there's that. I saw both of them, but again, we're only going to talk about the first one. Um, I guess we'll start with the Mandalorian because we have to. Yes. Someone who's not a big Star Wars fan, I thought it was fantastic from beginning to end. Absolutely, it really. Um, so I watched it at my friend's house, you know, up in his room, hanging out with me, other me, and my other friends, mm-hmm. and. I nerded out basically the entire time. I, think I like how you had to put that uh, distinguishing line in there about it wasn't just me and him alone in a room in his bedroom. There were other people there too, just yes. in case. Yes. I don't want any things being said. I just like the way that you did that. Yes. Well, like I said, I was trying to say the Mandalorian character itself, like throughout the episode, super interesting. Like, I really want to. It made me want to watch the show just from that jump where uh-huh. I want to watch the show anyways, but just the way he acted and like the mystery and just cool factor that he has, mm-hmm. it's really excellent. And they really set up the world they're in beautifully, in my opinion. What about you, Big Kev? Uh, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was great. I mean, obviously we can't go into a lot of detail. What we can say though, is that we can talk more in more depth about the first episode now because yeah. the the embargo is over, so <laughs> we're allowed to talk about it. For sure. If you haven't seen it by now, sorry, TV show. One week, spoiler-free, and then it's spoilerific. So Indeed. There you go. So I, I'll say this. The second episode was excellent. The first episode I thought was really excellent as well. Um, 
And, uh, you know, the little surprise at the end where, and I don't like the fact that everyone is calling him, spoiler alert, everyone is calling him Baby Yoda um, because why? I'm not sure. He is the same race, but that doesn't mean that he's Baby Yoda and the timing wouldn't make that work anyway. Okay. Because, you know, Yoda's dead by this point. One assumes this takes place after Return of the Jedi, so Yoda has already passed on. So I don't know why we're referring to him as Baby Yoda, unless there's something that's going to be revealed that I'm unaware of, which is possible, I suppose. For people even like me who are aware of the existence of Star Wars but doesn't get into the nitty-gritty, I mean, I don't know what Yoda's race would be, um, but I, I think it's fair to say that the the casual person outside of uh, you know the hardcore fans probably don't know what it is. And uh, on top of that, I think a lot of people don't really get the the timeline of where the Mandalorian takes place or so, when. Well, that's and and that could be problematic as well because if people are thinking it's Baby Yoda, well, it certainly isn't because Baby Yoda, you know, Yoda is nine hundred years old. Mm-hmm. So, so it can't be baby Yoda, kids. It's just not how math works. <laughs> um, but beyond that, we've only ever seen two members of Yoda's race. We've seen Yoda, and we've seen a character called Yaddy or Yaddle. Yaggle, um, something like that. In, uh, yeah, in episode one, just in the very last moments when they're sort of uh, in the, I guess they're on the, um, you know, the not the stage, but the steps or whatever, after that celebration uh, you know, at the end of the film, you see another member of, of Yoda's race there, slightly bigger than Yoda. Um, but uh, those are the only two examples of the race I think that we've ever seen. So, do we know the name of Yoda's know. race? So, no, I don't. I don't think a name was ever given they for it. Specifically, have kept it kind of ambiguous, where George Lucas and everyone who has done it hasn't given much information. So, if you were to look up what species is Yoda? They only really call it Yoda's species. Well, like there's no, like they don't know. They don't <laughs> list where they're from. Species. They don't list where they're from. They don't list anything really about them. Okay. What do you bet the species name has Y and D in it? <laughs> Maybe. I think there's like a... they're, they're Yuddles or they're, you know, Yucatans or something. I think you know, oh, there's no D in that. I think the show could be the avenue if they felt like revealing the name of the species. This could be the avenue. Sure. To do it, maybe. And giving and giving more backstory on it. I mean, you certainly you certainly have that, uh, you know, you certainly have that uh, that option here as well. I have to say this and this isn't really a spoiler, but I have to say that this it does now have sort of a lone wolf and cub feel. Oh, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. So I'm wondering how long that's going to be a thing. Um, you know, right now it seems very interesting. I also, uh, well, I also want to say only about the first episode, that character whose name I don't know is voiced by Nick Nolte. Yeah. Uh, who, the one who says, Could I have spoken something? all the time Greedy. to just kind of cut people off, which I think is really cool. Um, you know, I have spoken. And, you know, that's kind of that's kind of it. Um, really like that character as well. Um, we didn't get a lot of Carl Weathers, but I kind of see, you know, where his character is. We haven't gotten any Gina Carcano yet, um, uh, which I presume we're going to get her sooner than later. Uh, but we did get IG-11, who is really awesome, who I guess is dead? Like, yeah. 
is he dead? Is he gone? Is he, I, I'm not sure. I thought they were making kind of a bigger deal about that character. Um, but then to see what happened to him in episode one, it's kind of like, is that it? Because, you know, there's, there's toys, there's, you know, there's other things and people are kind of like, yes, you know, <laughs> finally, a IG character that we can all get behind, but doesn't seem to be the way that it's going to go, at least not at this point, unless somebody fixes them, I guess. I mean, I'll say that um, I'll say this much too, uh, in terms of the story writing, like the pacing, I think has been pretty solid so far. Um, because before I feel like before, you know, like once you're like kind of 10 minutes into the show, it almost like, oh damn, now it's almost over. Like, damn, I got to wait for the next episode now to come out. Um, uh, because it doesn't really have any kind of lull moments. Like you're kind of finding out, um, like kind of exploring where they are in the universe right now. Um, and it keeps you intrigued. Like it keeps you kind of wanting to know what's going to happen in the next scene and the next act and whatnot. Uh, and, and that goes into the second one too, which isn't really a spoiler. Um, but right now, I mean, I know they spent a boatload of money uh, to get the show going. Uh, but right now, two episodes in, I mean, I think they're just total home runs. Agreed. Absolutely. And, and next week, obviously, when the embargo is lifted, we'll talk more about episode two. For sure. I think I think we're going to be talking about this, safe to say. For a while. For, for what, it's 10 episodes? Yeah. So we're going to be talking about this for quite a bit. <laughs> quite a bit. Yes. So... Yes. Uh, Speaking we, of episodes, yeah, Rick and Morty episode two came out. Yeah, baby. Yes, and we're not going to talk about that, but we nope. can talk about. I mean, except that it was good. It was good. Yeah. Uh, what we can do is we can talk more details about Rick and Morty this season, season four, episode one. Yep. Because embargo. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was really, really hysterically funny, uh, and, and I thought that the whole. You know, every time he jumped anywhere, it was fascist. Even the shrimp <laughs> yeah, yeah. world was fascist, which I thought was really hysterically funny. That show is really, really firing on all cylinders. Absolutely. And of course, the criticism, and rightly so, is we're only getting five episodes. What the shit is that? I wonder if they're like gonna going to like a South Park kind of style. A of South Park style release. would be at least like ten episodes. Yeah, but it'd be, it'd be like ten episodes long. Yeah, but it's like five episodes, and then it's another five episodes, like some months later down the I don't, road. Yeah, but right now they haven't said that. They haven't said five episodes, and then Christmas, and then five episodes. They haven't said that. In yeah. fact, I haven't heard anything that suggests that. Um, uh, anything that suggests that we're going to get more episodes in the spring. I haven't. I haven't seen. No or one heard knows what's anything. going on guess that but there's five there's only five episodes we've been waiting well it's got to be a it's got to be almost a year isn't yeah, it a year and a half easy no 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 i don't think no? a year and a oh feels yeah, like maybe it, it feels like yeah, a maybe a year and a half yeah maybe it is a year and a half i don't know we'd have to look up the dates yeah, but to get exact yeah but well, maybe mr exacto over there who uh you know <laughs> knows the, the dates of all things oh there he's, he goes. Already, he's already looking it's it up the kids tiny looking it up. little phone um what you call? It? But I mean, so there, so far, is there like you a, got it. Yes. What do you got? October first, twenty seventeen. That was the last episode. Yep. Wow. So two years. Two years. Holy shit! The last episode that they aired in season three was October. Hold on, hold on. You're in my face. Uh, according according to Google, yeah. Um, uh, season three, episode ten. Um, 
Yeah, man. October 1st, 2017, according to... Was, uh, was there only 10 episodes in that season? Yep. I guess so, yeah. All right. Same thing in first and second season. Uh, well, first season right. was 11 I episodes. I guess that's it then. Yeah. I guess we did wait a long time. Well, I hope we're not going to wait two more years now for five more episodes. <laughs> Very I mean, that true. That just seems stupid. Now, did, did no, the... And they've been signed for like 400 episodes or whatever it is. Somewhere in that ballpark. Now, yeah. right, so talking about first episode, did it feel very disjointed, though, from the end of the third season? Because they just kind of like, that was the only oh, yeah. problem I had. Just to get the negative out of the way real quick. It felt very disjointed where like I I, I actually had to go back to the, 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 the conclusion of the third season to just kind of scrub through it really quickly. Because I felt like they left on this major cliffhanger with the family kind of torn apart from Rick. And all of a sudden, they're all eating at the table. Yeah, like there's, I feel like. Did I miss something? What they're trying to do now is go back to like the classic, each episode is its own kind of adventure story, mm-hmm. and not doing the whole overlapping story. I guess. I mean, I'm wondering if, they're, like, in a future episode, they're going to kind of revisit and say kind of like what happened between that conclusion and the season premiere. Well, Maybe I don't know. Well, throughout the show, they said, "Oh, it's a classic Rick and Morty adventure. It's a classic Rick and Morty adventure." I think that's what they're trying to do now is get away from, I guess, long form storytelling in the episodes and just. Each episode is its own little adventure. I hope that's not true. Agreed. Oh yeah. I hope that I hope that we're gonna you know I hope there's some long form. I mean they've had the you know the evil Morty thing has been running throughout. I can't believe they're just gonna let that go. There's no way they can. They should. Yeah. No. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, just because. I mean, I honestly feel like. You know, they're like, well, shit, we got to get something up there because it's been two fucking years. You know, I'm just saying. I mean, I, I think that that to me feels more like a logical step than, you know, than they're just going to tell one off stories from here out. I'm yeah. not saying that would be bad. I'm just saying that there is some current running throughout them, which is kind of what makes it, you know, really one of the reasons that it makes it really great, in my opinion. So I don't know. All right. Um, yeah, but overall, so far, so good. And again, we're going to be uh, talking about um, Rick and Morty the way we, we will be about Mandalorian for quite a while. Um, all right. Man, we already kind of long into the show here. All right. Let's uh, kind of start hitting on these things. So the one thing just to kind of – I feel like this is hysterical, the fact that this is even um, – News. Yeah, to, to, well, all right, hear me out. Let me finish. So Disney plans to fix the Simpsons aspect ratio problem uh, in the beginning of 2020. So for just to kind of break it down for those who may not know, for the old tube televisions, those were four by three. So it's when more of a square look. Now we have more rectangular TVs. Those are 16 by nine aspect ratios. So if... I'm sure Big Kev will remember one bit, you know, one thing when DVDs became popular are there were full screens and there were widescreen and full screen was when you kind of stretched everything out uh, to, to fit a four by a, uh, a big 16 TV. by nine. Yeah. Uh, 16 by nine ratio. Yeah. So this is kind of what yeah. they did here in the same, in the same way. Cause I never liked the full screen aspect ratio. Um, I always liked the kind of 16 by nine, the, the way it, when it was in the theater. When they did that uh, on VHS, it was referred to as letterboxing. Yes, very true. Uh, so, so with the backlash Disney has gotten, they said they were going to fix everything, which is a little surprising, the fact that they even had to. But um, they released a, 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 they, 
Disney released a statement saying, we presented The Simpsons in a, a 16 by 9 aspect ratio at launch in order to guarantee visual quality and consistency across all 30 seasons. Over time, Disney Plus will, will roll out new features and additional viewing options. As part of this, in early 2020, Disney Plus will make the first 19 seasons and some of the episodes from season 20 of The Simpsons available in their original 4 by 3 aspect ratio, giving subscribers of how they prefer to view the popular series. So I take that statement as saying, yo, we fucked up because we didn't know what you wanted from The Simpsons, so we're going to make a quick fix as fast as possible to make things work. I don't know why anybody would want to have a full screen version of of the old Simpsons, but I don't. Know. I think that they just have somebody on their on their team that kind of just effed up uh, on the Disney I, side. I feel like they either did that or gonna do that or something about that for Next Generation also, which I think was square. But I think that was filmed wide so that might have been easy for them to do but okay. the animation i imagine will be more difficult to correct yeah um i mean but, i mean at the end of the day it's probably not that difficult considering digital the problem is the volume yeah you know because, because, I mean, because fx already been, has all these episodes i thought they kind of already bought, I, up, bought it this way i i honestly don't know yeah i mean I, you don't want to stretch it out because they'll look terrible what you want to do is fill in the sides exactly so. um yeah, so I, and I feel like with the rollout of Disney Plus, I mean, overall, I think it was a pretty, all things considering, it was a pretty smooth success. So the only, and I'm saying backlash with with quotes, they had the Simpsons issue. Some Android devices I know had some hiccups right off the bat. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there was a, a little people were nitpicking about the way some of the movies were being labeled, uh, like what categories they were falling into. Um, but otherwise, I feel like it was all in all, considering how what was it, 10 million people. As it, as it launched, it's pretty damn good. So It's not bad. Yeah, so I think that all in all is a pretty smooth transition altogether. I wonder what other streaming service launch numbers are compared to this launch number. The problem is that as far as I know, they don't release their numbers. Mm. And I think that's just a format that kind of went from Netflix and it kind of just trickled down. Um, Apple Plus hasn't released anything. Uh, Amazon Prime Video hasn't. Uh, Shutter hasn't. I mean, that's just kind of like you, you make it kind of bits and pieces about what's like the most popular uh, piece of programming. Um, but unfortunately, they don't give you exact numbers, which is a little surprising considering that these are like publicly traded companies and they don't release the exact figures. Um, but it is what it is. Probably when they hit some milestones, maybe we'll get something. Like if they yeah. hit like 100 million, uh, I would imagine they would want to send out some kind of press release. I'm wondering um, how this compares to like Hulu and all that other stuff in like launch numbers. Not going to know. Yeah. It, it's just not going to know. All right. Uh, Kev, do you want to take over the next story? I feel like this is kind of like right up your alley here. Favreau wants to do uh, another Star Wars holiday special with the Mandalorian character. Eek. <laughs> <laughs> Sandwich, have you seen the, the holiday special? I've seen like two seconds of it. I just saw like Wookiees having a good time looked like. Wookiee's having a good time. <laughs> That's basically what I saw. I have not seen anything. Uh -huh. I feel like it got deleted from existence. Like it's one of those things. It did. That you don't. No one talks about. You that can watch it happened. on YouTube right now. No, it's full. it's actually completely. It's utterly not uh, recognized. I mean, it's not. There's no nothing about it is canon. Uh, I mean, nothing. I mean, it was complete. I mean, even George Lucas after they 
aired it was like, wow, we're throwing this in the garbage. I mean, and the copy that you see, uh, by the way, was somebody who had an early VHS recorder. This is the truth. Had an early VHS recorder. We have all seen the same exact version because I think there's only one version of it that's recorded. Now, obviously, either now if you're if you believe like sort of the urban myth that George Lucas destroyed the original copy of that special, I think that's probably true and had all copies of it subsequently destroyed. That could be true because I'm sure back in the day when they sent out a copy to you know, ABC affiliates or whoever it was that played it. I think it was ABC. Um, I thought it was CBS, think, but I may be wrong. Was it CBS? You know, I was actually watching a little bit of it before today, actually just in preparation for this. I could have sworn. Do you remember what was uh, what was uh, the Hulk Whomever. show was on? Whomever. Whomever got sent a copy of it, I think they were recalled. And according to Urban Myth, they were destroyed. And the original print as well, destroyed. So the one that we see, the one that we all see, the one we buy in bootleg form for probably 25 years is the version is the only version that may exist of it, which is sort of this somebody taped it off the TV on an early VHS and, you know, perpetuated it down through the years. So as far as I know, I mean, I know I've seen I've probably seen maybe let's say 20 different sort of like bootlegged versions of it in the sense that, you know, you know, I have a copy that, that, you know, is, you know, sort of one way and other people have copies of it that, you know, that, that, you know, but the point is, is that the content is all still the same. Yeah. Different bootleggers, same content. You know what I mean? Same commercials, same, you know, all the stuff is the same because it's basically, it all comes sort of from that one version, at least to my knowledge. So would you um, want it, would you want to see it um like Favreau was saying in the some other some new shape or form with the Mandalorian? I mean, I would I, I mean there's certainly no reason not to include some of that stuff in uh you know in into canon, which is what they would be doing if they did it. They would be inserting things into canon. So I imagine if that was something that Favreau wanted to do and Lucasfilm was behind it, they would have some really deep discussions about what to include and what not to include. So I imagine Life Day, you know, I imagine that's probably not a big deal to stick in there, you know, but Wookiees with robes and Wookiee children, I think that one they probably leave to the side. Mm -hmm. Um, I think most of it they probably leave to the side. But, you know, in the sense that all you have to do is say Life Day, like after making uh, like the article says, after making a brief uh, reference to the special in the pilot episode of The Mandalorian through a bit of dialogue about Life Day from Horatio Sands character, um, who was the guy he was capturing, I think was Horatio Sands, I think. Um, Favreau spoke with Variety at a fan event for the series to discuss the possibility of giving the special another shot through the eyes of the character on the Disney Plus series. And again, all they have to do is reference Life Day and or make Life Day a canon thing. Yeah, that's that's easy, and that would be sort of a nod. That's enough. Much in the much in the way that 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 line about Horatio that, that Horatio Sands gives in the in the pilot, much in the way that that is a nod to the original holiday special 
Favreau making it a canon thing, that would probably do the, you know, or, or expanding out mm-hmm. even to give us a little more info on it. I think that would be the same sort of thing. But as far as the rest of that special goes, you know, none of that's ever going to be canon, no. you know, not none of it. So, you know, for example, Boba Fett came from this, you know, came from the holiday special. He was in an, an animated short. It was terrible. Um, but that's where we got Boba Fett from as a bounty hunter. And I think he was hunting Luke, if I remember correctly. Oh, it's been 100 years since I watched it. But that's never going to be, the, you know, that's never going to be like a thing. You know, like I, I, I don't I think they're going to that back. I don't think they're going to bring B. Arthur's character back and recap, <laughs> you know, it, you know, with with another person. None of that stuff is going to happen. And by and large, if you've ever seen the holiday special, it's really terrible. I mean, it's not without, you know, there's there's nothing redeeming about it, I think, at all. So, yeah. I got you. Uh, as a nod, as taking sort of, it's like picking that shit out of pepper uh, to, to get the good chunks uh, out of there uh, that you may want to expand. And I think Life Day is probably the only thing worth sort of expanding on that came from that special. So. I hear you. Um, all right, let's skip around just a, a smidgen here. Uh, Chadwick Boseman wants nothing to do with a Marvel slash Disney Plus series. Uh, he said in an interview, quote, um, I wouldn't because I don't want to do a TV show, he said, uh, adding that he has other things that he's excited about doing and, quote, none of them are franchises. So considering the fact that he is obviously on board for Black Panther 2 and whatever else his contract has for other Marvel movies, it sounds like a matter of, I'm big enough, I kind of want to go with what I choose, and he doesn't want to get pigeonholed into um, doing the same thing over and over, kind of like the way, uh, not not the exact way Chris Evans uh, has done, but kind of along those lines. Yeah, like, you see, that's kind of, what I think is interesting about the article is the fact that it's, you know, it's kind of an off question. Like, hey, would you do a TV series? Because other people that you've done movies with are doing TV series. And his answer is simply no. And right for him for not doing it. Because Black Panther 1 was a huge movie. And yep. made him, I think, a star. And now he's got that other one, 12 Bridges or whatever it's called. Something which is supposedly bridges, really bridges good. to Brooklyn yeah. or whatever that's called. Yeah. It's it's a number. It's like 12 Bridges or some such thing. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the point is, is, is that, yeah, I can see why he would not want to do a TV, why he would not want to do a TV show. Anthony Mackie. And, uh, uh, you, you know, and, uh, Sebastian, uh, um, Sebastian Stan yeah. and, uh, what's her name? Olsen. And, you know, those, those, I mean, with the exception of Paul Bettany and there's no, there's nothing saying that he's doing that TV show yet, by the way, those I, thought he, I thought he was guaranteed to do it. I thought he signed is he up. Doing, well, he was at, he's he, doing it then good for him because he's another film star who I think, you know, it finds it interesting enough to do a TV show. I don't think we need a Black Panther TV show. Why would you? No, unless maybe it's like a voiceover or something. Yeah, maybe he'll make an appearance on one. Right, maybe he'll do a voiceover if or he something. Maybe he did a what if, maybe. As far as doing starring one? No, I'm, I'm with him 100% on that. Yeah. Um, let's see, skipping around some more. Uh, well, no, hold on. Oh. Five more mystery MCU movies given release date. Yeah, but, you know, with all the movies that they've said, I mean, they're listed right here. You know, uh, Black Widow, The Eternals, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, the Spider-Man sequel, and the Thor movie. 
you know, that's five movies right there. That's probably the dates for those movies. We just don't know which one goes with which yet. Yeah. So. I mean, it also kind of just with those dates, it also just like kind of like what I've mentioned before on the show is the fact that they're giving the attention to Disney Plus. They're letting Disney Plus breathe a little bit. And then they're going to go, you know, crazy with the releases in theater. So it gives time for this major platform that they're investing crazy amount of money in. Uh, right, and, look, and they have these other, and they have these other ones as well. Peyton Reed's Ant Man three, Guardians of Galaxy three, Blade, Deadpool three. Which is that his introduction into the MCU? I'm assuming yes, but I, I don't know. I feel like that they haven't, they haven't solidly said what's going to happen with that one yet. Yeah, there'll be a Captain Marvel two, um, and then the rumor, you know, that the FF and maybe X Men and. You know, some other event. I mean, all these movies, it's all stuff that they're talking about. It's all stuff that we know is happening. Yeah. So, like, to make news about the fact that they've announced five dates without attaching movies to them, who cares? It's the right thing is right. To focus on the content that's coming up shortly, which is, honestly, for us, is just Disney Plus TV shows, right? What's the next Marvel movie? Uh, Can you even name what the next one is? Black Widow. Yeah. Black Widow, and you know that's not going to be until next year. So, uh, you know, and the TV shows as well are not going to be until next year. So, like, those are the things that I think we should be focusing on. And the, you know, I get it because they're, you know, to some sites, I think this is huge news. Hey guys, it, guess what? Yeah, Marvel movie. said they're going to release five more movies. Well, duh, Marvel's going to release a hundred more movies. These are just five dates that we don't know anything about yet. Plus, in addition to the things that we've already said. There was that article we said we, that we talked about last week where Fahey said She-Hulk, Moon Knight, and are going to be, yeah, are going to be theatrical films also. Yeah. All I know is no matter Uh-oh. what happens, I just want to have a scene where Deadpool and Nick Fury, Samuel L. Jackson, are talking to each other because I feel like that will be absolute gold just having that on the big screen. Sp- speaking of Deadpool three, T.J. Miller is under contract but would rather not return. I think TJ Miller is fairly funny. I've thought so since a movie called she's out of my league. Mm -hmm. If you've never seen it, it's really funny. You should see it. That said, why, why would he not want to do it? There's a quote in here. Of course, if they want me to do Deadpool three, I'm going to, I'm under contract. Uh, he said on the Adam Carolla show, to be honest, I'd almost would rather that they didn't. I think Deadpool two we knocked it out of the park. I really think it ended up being great, and I was worried about that. So what if Deadpool 3 is eh? Well, what if any movie you do is eh? You don't know that going in. So and Deadpool 1 and 2 have been really, you know, they were really funny movies, which is what they were intended I, to be. I think, I here's what I think this is about, um, because he had, baby, well, remember, he, he was being accused of sexual harassment um, by some, um, I don't remember if they were female co-workers or, TJ Miller was? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that happened a while ago. Oh, it happened really? That whole I, I hadn't heard thing. that at all. Uh, so I think that, I don't know if he's trying to give himself like an, an out there or, you know, what exactly. Um, but I, I that's what I think it honestly is right there. Um, right. Hold on. I'm bringing up the article Fine. right now. This, I mean, it happened a while ago. Um, uh, da, da, da. An alleged victim, I, I'm grabbing this from, I think it's the Daily Beast, but uh, an alleged victim, uh, a former Silicon Valley star, T.J. Miller, is coming forward with accusations that uh, Miller hit and sexually assaulted her while in college. 
Uh, I'm not going to go into the whole article right now, but that happened uh, a few years ago. And um, yeah, I, I think he kind of fell into that whole, I don't want to call it into that instances, but he was uh, he was being accused of some allegations. I don't know where it stands by any stretch. He's kind of fallen off the radar. Um, but I'm wondering how much of a, you know, if he's trying to cover himself because of these accusations. Because I also don't know where it is court-wise right now. So, um, yeah. So there's that. I feel like in this kind of movie, you've done two of them already. I feel like now to back out after the third, and I don't know about the final, but, you know, possibly the last Deadpool movie, it's just dumb. Finish the thing you're well, part of. The, and I, I, I understand even to an extent kind of where he's coming from perhaps maybe he said more about this than is in this article i don't listen to the adam carolla show so i don't know but they haven't really talked about how they're going to weave and the article says this how they're going to weave deadpool into the mcu i mean he's a whole nother animal you know to try to weave in there than they've had to deal with so far so if they have to downplay him a whole lot that could fundamentally change what they did in the first two movies. And maybe he's concerned about that. Okay. I get that. But to just be like, eh, I hope they don't make me do it. You know, you, you're, I mean, he wasn't in it that much that, you know, like he should be bitching and moaning about what if it's, eh, cause with all respect, TJ Miller, you're in it for five minutes and you did have some cool lines, that's it. Take the paycheck kid. You know, like don't be dumb, you know, cause now you're not, you're not thumbing your nose at Fox. You're thumbing your nose at 40% of the world's box office. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a stupid thing to do. If you ask me, by the way, uh. it's, it's important also to point out that, uh, in the articles, even though granted there's some, they're kind of old, uh, Miller has, um, denied any of the accusations that he's been, uh, he assaulted or, uh, punched women when he was in college, but uh, right. Just just to highlight that, to get both sides there. Because because who you know because who comes out and goes, yeah, actually I did do that. Yeah, well, but again, you know, just Nobody. delivering the facts, sir. Um, Nobody. Big Kev, I think we're ready for a break, sir. Uh, are we? I, oh man, I think so, dude. We got a lot. We got a lot oh, of shit I'm to talk a, about. We're just abandoning so much stuff to that terrible. Bonus show. Yo, yo, oh. how about you do the bonus show, sir? Hey, crickets. Nice. Where's the cricket sound on my soundboard? We, we need a soundboard. Yeah, I don't know. Where is it? Yeah, I don't know. Sandwich, where is it? Where is it? It's a work in progress. Uh, Can I say something real quick before yeah. we head to the yeah, 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 yeah. What's up? I think Deadpool 3 could still be rated R only because with um, Doctor Strange being a venture into horror, mm-hmm. I think maybe Marvel is trying to venture out into maybe trying other avenues of movies so i feel like a deadpool 3 could be a good adventure into maybe trying an r-rated movie i know it's way out of disney's wheelhouse but i think it could be a good first step in theory here's what i feel on that um to piggyback off of that regardless of what people think about um disney's checking account they spent a boatload of money billions of dollars to get fox if they know that they can make a, a deadpool 3 and make huge revenue, make a huge profit off of it. They're not going to want to fuck with something that they know is, you know, damn near guaranteed money. Oh yeah. So I feel like they're going to let it be. They're going to let them do their thing so that they can pay them back in return. So 
Maybe they'll get like one more R-rated movie, and then maybe if they use him, they'll tone him back. But I, I think we'll get that. I agree with. One I totally mo- agree with that. One more movie full of fucks and blood and shit, and then we'll get. A I, yeah, they, that's. There's no way that's gonna happen. That's what I'm talking about. You know, like there's no way that's gonna happen. So anyway, let's take a break. We do have a lot to do in the second half of the show today. So with that, Mr. Monty, Mr. Sandwich, we will take. Our first and only break on Geek Stuff TNG, episode 566, the one we're calling Eberron, motherfucker. Build your own X-Wing. Luke Skywalker's legendary Red 5 starfighter from the Star Wars saga. The X-Wing is recreated in stunning detail in a massive 1 to 18 scale and comes complete with remote-activated working lights, R2-D2 motorized wings, removable hyperdrive opening cockpit, and a magazine full of fascinating facts, plus an amazing step-by-step assembly guide. You will also receive a free binder, power pack, and bookends model space. Hey, it's E-Rock from the Opie and Anthony Show on Sirius XM Satellite Radio, and you're listening to Game Stuff. I don't know what that is. Ahoy, hoy! Welcome to Game Stuff. I'm your host, Coke Logic. <laughs> there will be no spoilers in this segment for Jedi Fallen Order. Jedi Fallen Order is out now for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. It's a game developed by Respawn, the makers of Apex Legends and Titanfall, hence any video you've seen of the characters running on walls. If you're thinking about playing this, you should, because it's really good. Before release, I was apprehensive about two things, the character movement and the scope of the game. And after putting in a few hours, I can say both meet my high standards for an action-adventure game. This is because the pre-release footage showed the character movement looking a bit floaty. Turns out it's fine. This was something that demanded attention because Jedi Fallen Order is a cross between Tomb Raider and Dark Souls. A lot of exploring areas, and when you do run into enemies, you pull out your lightsaber. There is no blaster, you're a Jedi. In scope and tone, Jedi Fallen Order feels like the successor to the Jedi Knight games, both Outcast and Jedi Academy. And that's a good thing. And while I didn't feel like a badass Jedi at first, like I did in Force Unleashed, as you steadily get more skills unlocked, you start chaining together force powers and start feeling like a badass. It's definitely worth playing. And you can play it now on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. I rented Death Stranding from Redbox, and it was so who gives a shit that I stopped playing around Chapter 2 and ended up watching the cinematics on YouTube, which are available, by the way. YouTube will demonetize your video for two seconds of a copyrighted song, but go ahead, upload nine hours of video of in-game cutscenes. YouTube is just awful. And Death Stranding is boring. <laughs> Pokemon Sword and Shield have finally come out for the Nintendo Switch. And most people are saying the game doesn't do much new. It's just another Pokemon game. Yeah, that sounds about right. Nintendo didn't have to do anything. You wanted a Pokemon game on Switch? Here it is. Eat up, pigs. Slops ready. Luckily, the same old Pokemon is good Pokemon. So when you eventually buy it for your demanding kids, you can rest assured that your money is well spent to buy their love. <laughs> This Friday, the sequel to the Dreamcast series, Shenmue 3, will be released on PlayStation 4 and PC. I have no idea if this will be any good, but people have been waiting 20 years for this one. <laughs> and finally, Half-Life 3 has not been confirmed. But Half-Life Alex has. Alex being your companion from Half-Life 2, you might remember crouching and looking at her ass. Turns out she's getting a VR game. That's right, 
Valve are not listening to people once again and not making Half-Life 3, but some virtual reality game. Maybe it's cool. Add some more story for the first time in 15 years. But holy fuck, just make the game people want. I know they want to make a game so people will support VR, but they also can't make Half-Life 3 for VR or else people would have a shit fit. But at this point, you gotta say just do both, right? Valve, including Steam, are the worst-run, mismanaged, successful business in entertainment. So let me know if Half-Life Alex is any good, because I don't care. I stopped caring a long time ago. This is Coke Logic signing off for GameStop. Hey, this is Samuel L. Jackson from Snakes on a Plane, and you're listening to Big Kev's Geek Stuff. And we are back with this episode of Geek Stuff TNG, episode 566, Eberron. Motherfucker. Yeah. You just heard a lovely game stuff from Mr. Coke Logic. Uh, Sandwich, you're, you're a bit of a gamer. Anything there kind of pique your fancy there? Uh, Jedi Fallen Order looked amazing. I wanted to get into it. Uh-huh. I was a big uh, Force Unleashed fan. That's so good. I want to get into it. Are you a gamer? Oh, I, w- I wasn't aware that you were, because, you know, when you, you play games with your friends and then you just sort of disappear for a while. Well, it sounds I, sad when you I say it that way. I don't feel played. so good, Mr. Schwobel. We also have uh, a uh, sponsor. Yes. There, Sam, yes. why don't you tell us about Our that? lovely sponsorship from buildxwing.com, model space. All right, lock so, in, kids. Here it comes. Yep. So this is the one and only... Uh, one eighteenth scale X Wing, perfect for your three and three quarter figures. It's great. It's a great collectible. You know, great for guys who like things in scale. And uh, it's just fully realized, fully detailed. Has things that most other X Wing models don't have, like the X foils come out into attack position. It's got a uh, working lights. R two D two goes boop boop beep. Bombs. Like Kev liked to point out that one time. So he sounds like Tony Danza. Tony Danza. <laughs> I didn't. Just go. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> boop, boop, beep, beep. <laughs> boop, beep, bop. Go on. The deluxe edition, which we like to highlight every week, comes with uh, working landing lights, static figures, a static Luke, a uh, little people mover, and the like. Kev pointed out last week, which is a really good point to point out, the uh, magazine that comes with all of these... Uh, nice little parts so you get a binder in the magazines and has nice little fun facts about you know the x-wing and just when you're building it and it's going to be a nice piece once you get everything together you're going to put that binder you know on your bookshelf remember the fun times you had building the x-wing indeed and uh the the thing i steal from kev every time i bring this up is this is the figure you see at your conventions you say holy shit that looks awesome what's the price tag oh I'm okay, and you walk away. This is something you don't want to walk away from. You know, this monthly subscription that you uh, get sent in the mail is just something that you're going to want in your house if you're an avid Star Wars fan. You don't want to turn this down. You know, this is something you're going to build piece by piece as as it comes in, and you're going to enjoy it the entire way through, seeing it come together. And when you sit down when it's done and you see the fully realized X-Wing sitting on your desk, you say, Holy shit, that was the best investment I've made in my entire life. 
So you're not going to want to miss out on this. You can go to buildxwing.com or you can reach them at 877-544-6779. It's also on modelspace.com. Yeah, it's not bad. It's pretty good. Yeah, I like it. Anything you want to yeah, highlight that I missed? I don't know. You might you might be overselling it a little bit, calling it the best investment of all time. Eh. You know, I think maybe a you know like a good stock or four hundred one k might be a better investment. Uh, I, I was but, gonna say investing in Amazon like ninety six. That was. But that does that Shoot, stock wish, have wish working we landing lights? That. What was that, Kev? I wish we both had done that. Yeah, for real. The, does the stocks have working landing lights? And does it have uh, the X foils? You could actually buy landing lights for for your Zepco that you live in if you if you would have bought and sold the stocks at that point. <laughs> so, so kind of yes, sandwich. Kind of yes. Okay. All right. Uh, now we have a lot of product wise that we yes. want to hit on. Kev, which one do you want to start with first here? I think the one that's right there, probably. All right. I'm going to assume you mean the one that's the in sandwich's hands right now, which he almost dropped. No, he didn't see De- that. Definitely did not. Uh, Kev, why don't you talk about this beautiful hot toy, which uh, Sandwich and I are kind of in awe of right now? Yeah, I'm just trying to get the um, the page open. Of course, you can go over to sideshowtoy.com uh, uh, and check out all of the fabulous hot toys. Sideshow, of course, is the uh, official importer of hot toys uh, products. This is the Sith Trooper, sixth scale figure of the Sith Trooper. Uh, to be featured in the upcoming Star Wars Rise, The Rise of Skywalker. Um, and, I mean, he's banging. What else do you say? Oh, you yeah. know, like, he is just fantastic. I mean, you know, you may just simply write him off as sort of a red version of a um, First Order trooper. You'd be doing yourself a disservice by not looking at the fact that the you know, the armor is completely decoed out. I mean, there's a lot of lining in the armor and, uh, you know, I mean, there's just a ton. You'd be, you'd be really selling him short by just saying he's just, uh, a red version because that's just not the truth. Um, you also see a variety of weapons, uh, with this one as well. Am I right, uh, in saying that? Because it looks to me like he has two different weapons, Maybe a rifle and sort of a, a two different kinds. One's a bit longer than the other. Yeah, it looks yeah. like the, the uh, longer one might be some sort of rifle, the, the shorter gun, and I'm just kind of assuming here is more of an automatic type of weapon. Like a blaster. Yeah, yeah. and you one's have... One's more like a hand blaster, and the other one's more like a rifle. So. Yep, and you have uh, the extra pairs of hands, and I got to say just the, the, the design... Two, the four, six, seven, looks like seven, S- maybe seven different hands. hands. Yeah. Seven hands. Um, I mean, this thing... I, you know, I looked at the pictures before we got started, just so I know what we were uh, looking at, and uh, they honestly don't do it justice. It's very—it's a very sleek figure. I think that's like the ideal word to kind of use for something like this. Um, I mean, the lines, the curves on this thing is just fantastic, and the detail um, on the gun just complements it. And I think those are really just some of the key words. I mean, it just—this is just a beautiful, beautiful figure for someone who right. uh, collects in Star Wars. So. My personal feeling, looking at this, you know, growing up, Stormtroopers supposed to be the bad guys. So yeah. a bad guy is supposed to be kind of like scary. I was never growing up worried about Stormtroopers. If I see this dude running down the street at me <laughs> with a blaster, I am running the other way as fast as I can. This guy yeah. looks badass. 
this is someone you don't want to fuck with. You know, there's always the jokes like, oh, stormtroopers can't hit anything. And there's that clip from episode four about the guy banging his head. You know, you kind of make fun of these the, uh, the old stormtroopers. You don't make fun of this guy. This guy will fuck you up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I thought really the death troopers, I thought they were pretty badass. The ones like, who were all in black from um, from uh, Rogue One. That, I thought yeah. they were pretty badass. They were These too. guys, I feel, are more badass. I mean, honestly, even than those guys. If I had to say something bad about this, like kind of like gun in my head, like I have to choose something. Like the ba- the base is kind of plain Jane, but I mean, like that's yeah, but, it, that's it. I, and again, I'm yeah, being, I'm being so super picky where it's, right. like, it's really not a problem. But like, here's here's the thing about the the base. Uh, no one cares <laughs> because only, because uh, honestly, if you're using the, I mean, the base is kind of the most useless part of the box thing in the box because honestly. If you need to resort to using the base, you don't know how to pose your figures. That's just the way it is. These figures are highly articulated. They're, you know, they're brilliantly represented, as you know, mm-hmm. uh, because they are sideshow. Uh, uh, sorry, they are hot toys as presented to us by sideshow. Um, so you know that they are bad ass uh, as far as articulation and everything else goes. There's no way you need a base with these figures. Now, I get it. Some people, they put all of them together. They stand them on the base. I guess that's what they like. I think that's kind of dumb. I mean, these are fully articulated. You can They can do nearly anything. So why on earth would you choose to stick them on a base? Which is why I just consistently write bases off. In almost everything, I write bases off because, again— there are certain figures in the world that even despite their articulation, OG will tell you, there are certain figures, no matter how much articulation they have, they just won't stand up. A lot of them were in the um, the um, DC Direct series. Um, uh, what was it called? I can't remember. Mar- not Marvels. That would not be DC Direct. Kingdom Come. That would be the the other version um the kingdom come figures had a lot of despite having decent not great decent articulation a lot of those figures had trouble standing up and so there were bases included with some of them um but with a hot toy with a hot toy at 200 and odd dollars if it's not articulated enough to stand on its own it's not worth getting, which is exactly why I think the base, you know, could, could we maybe save 15, 20 bucks a figure to have them not include the base? I would be all about that. That's a good you point. know, they want to do a baseless version, tr- you know, trim out 20 bucks. I'd totally be about that. The Sith Trooper six scale by hot toys is still in pre-order over at uh sideshow uh, collectibles which only means to me that they have a billion of these, um, my opinion. Um, uh, 235 is going to be the run, uh, the, the price on this one. Well worth it. You know, the armored figures are, you know, without a doubt, I think some of the best that Hot Toys has done. And they nailed this one, I think. I mean, the pictures I've seen of the character in the movie – uh, or the you know the armor in the movie. I think it's another home run for Hot Toys. You got all the accessories. You got all the articulation. You can go on the payment plan, seventy dollars and fifty cents a month for a couple of months. That sounds like three months to me, or ish. Oh yeah, plus the down payment. So yeah, three months. Mm-hmm. You can spread that out over three months, and then you can own this fine uh, collectible 
one six scale figure from Hot Toys. Again, I don't know how I feel about this movie, but I do feel this this here is a home run. So there you go. Check it out over at Sideshow uh, Collectibles, Sideshow Toy, however you get there. Go and uh, check it out immediately. So, Sandwich, you said that you were um, you were not afraid of stormtroopers as a kid, but this guy would intimidate you. Can you expand a little bit more on that? Well, it's just, you know, the way he looks. It's that time just... of the night. We turn on the black light. Let the dungeons and the dragons begin. It's d and with the legends of yore it's D&D oh I'm sorry I'm sorry to uh, to cut you off Mr. Sandwich but uh, it's time now for our D&D update uh, and uh, I'm afraid we'll have to go to our next product which of course is the long awaited 5th edition Eberron rulebook yes hold it up Mr. Sandwich yes with the collector's uh, cover oh Sandwich you're my hero today for getting me one of these <laughs> uh, and let me just tell you I haven't been excited I am fantastically excited don't get me wrong about every 5th edition D&D product but this one by far is going to be the one that I am most excited about because Eberron is my absolute favorite campaign setting in all of D&D um, for a number of reasons. Uh, one, I think it's the most creative, the most interesting, uh, and the backstory uh, and the, you know, with the war and everything else, absolutely amazing campaign setting. I cannot wait to dive into this book someday in the future when I should have just had you stick it in with Retailer X's gift uh, care package to me. Why on earth didn't I think of that? Because I'm going to put it in the archive with the other stuff. Yeah, that's true. It should go in the archive. But I want to read it now. It is. Oh, you know what? Never it... mind. I just had a thought. Okay. I never, oh, never mind. I had a thought. I Kevin, know how I can solve it. This is such a beautiful book. Oh, yeah. All of them. I mean, the fifth edition wow. books. Really, the fourth edition books, too, but we're focusing on fifth edition. The fifth edition books have been out of this world beautiful. Out of this world I mean, they beautiful. just, the pictures just pop, man. Like, there's not one, like, you turn the page, like, it's like something different that kind of just catches your excitement uh, one way or another. Just, my God, man, beautiful artwork from beginning to end here so far. And right. I'm, like, halfway through the book. The rule book comes with two different covers. There's a sort of a regular cover, which I think sandwich. Sucks might agree with me i wasn't gonna go sucks i was gonna go with Lame. probably not as good as oh, yes. the collector's edition cover which is spectacular oh yeah i mean really really spectacular now the problem is that these collector's editions you know they're limited so if you want the cooler collector's edition man you got to get out there and get it that book dropped today yeah uh, today is Tuesday when we tape the show. Uh, that book dropped today, and if you haven't pre-ordered one, or something, you better get on your horse and get it. Can you tell us a little bit about Eberron, Mr. Sandwich? Do, do, is there some gray matter on the back of that book or something that gives us a little insight? Uh, on the in Nothing on the back. Um, is it on the inside? There is a whole part that says the history of Eberron, which is a you know, nice little spiel. It's like three paragraphs. I could read it, but I could just... Yeah, go ahead. Right. Do a dramatic reading, though. Every child knows the story of progenitor dragons, Sybaris, Eberron, and Kyber. In the dawn of time, 
These three cosmic beings created 13 planes of existence, each embodying a concept. Their final work was the material plane, where all ideas would become manifest, a realm that would that could know war and peace, life and death, order and chaos. Bakul Kyber sought ultimate dominion over this new reality. She struck Sybaris without warning and tore him apart. Eberron wrestled with Kyber and bound the traitor in her coils, but could not defeat her. So Eberron became a living prison, a world that would forever contain Kyber's evil. You want me to keep going, or should? I just... Sure. I'm. <laughs> I'm. I'm in. Uh, I'm in absolute uh, fascination with your dramatic reading. Sure. Let's. Yeah. Let's have a little bit more. Go All on. Right. Almost every culture in the world shares this story as a myth that explains the world. Shattered Sybaris became the ring of golden dragon shards wrapped around the planet, said to be the source of magic. Eberron is the world, the source of all natural life, and Kyber is the underdark and the source of aberrations and fiends, forever struggling against her bonds and yearning to destroy the world above. So, for lack of a better word, this is kind of steampunk meets D D, where it, it does have some of those elements if you've ever read there's a there's a comic book uh called battle chasers if you've ever read battle chasers it is the closest thing i think to eberron and it's one of the reasons when eberron originally came out it was it was right around the same time i think that battle chasers was around and it was as close. I mean, we you could easily visualize Eberron because Battle Chasers was so very. I can't remember which one came first. I'm sure you'll look on your tiny little phone, Mr. Sandwich, and tell us which came first, Eberron or Battle Chasers, the comic book. Uh, and you'll let us know which came first. I'm looking at you. Sure. Yeah, I'll do it. So, um,. And uh, I don't remember which came first, but one inspired the other. That's for certain. There's just too many similarities. And uh, if you get a chance to pick up Battle Chasers, I think has been collected. Um, it's too bad that it ended because it was a terrific book. But it did give you a real sort of good visualization of what Eberron might be like. You know, magic-powered um, vehicles and things. If you think of magic and electricity as kind of sort of similar, you know, there was a lot of that kind of thing. It gave us the Warforged, which were giant, not giant, but, you know, uh, slightly bigger than man scale, um, magic sort of infused uh, um, beings, not beings, they were like constructs, that's it, um, who, you know, who did battle and now they're kind of left over. What I always think of is, remember that uh, Judge Dredd movie with Stallone? I am the law. That big robot that uh, uh, that they found and reactivated in that movie that uh, Armand Asante's character reactivated. It's kind of the same idea, except, you know, the robots had a character and a personality and they were sort of like living beings and everything. It's a playable race, um, uh, which I think is, was one of the most excellent things to come out of Eberron. And yeah, you're right. It does have some more elements, more steampunky elements, if you will, um, which is something that's really, really, really interesting and, and, you know, something really desirable in D and D now it won't be for everyone, you know, purists, I think like to kind of stay away from some of that stuff. But I think, you know, as the D&D &D world advances, 
these things, you know, like any world, some things are going to develop and some things are going to change and so on and so forth. So I think I always looked at Eberron as sort of the, the next step in the world after sort of like, you know, the original edition or second edition, you know, like, you know, the original monster manual and all it's, I always thought about it as the world one step removed from that, you know, in the, in the way, the difference between like the 19th century and the 20th century, if you will, that's, that's the way I've always viewed Eberron. So yeah, really fantastic. I'm really, really excited uh, about it. Any, uh, any final thoughts on that gentlemen? I mean, it's a beautiful book, and it's worth going out of your way to get the. Uh, is it fair to call it say the call it the alternate cover or the variant cover? The collector's edition. Collector's I believe. edition. Worth yeah. worth yeah. going out of your way to try to get that one for your shelves. Oh yeah. uh, shelf. It's just some beautiful. of those collector's editions books, sir, have for a lot. increased value. Yeah. Oh, really? Sandwich and I were actually looking them up when I was um, when I was there. I don't remember which one it was. Sandwich, do you remember which one it was we were looking up? And it was like four hundred dollars. It was either. The Tomb of Foes or like no. Xanathar's? Was Xanathar's? No, I no, I don't think it was Xanathar. Maybe it was Tomb of Foes, but it, it was. Yeah. I I was like, I could not believe that it was that it had increased in value that much, but it did. So there you go, Kev. When you do come back, uh, I mentioned on the bonus show there was a uh, uh, hobby shop, a vintage toy store. Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, I wanted to. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that. Yeah, so. yeah. You definitely need to because there's a lot of older D and D books. I, you know, I, I don't know if the prices were good or what or what have you. But right. either way, regardless of which, you definitely would want to check out the store. So we got to well, make that well, a priority when you come back. And I, once Sandwich and I sort through the entire uh, Geek Stuff <laughs> archive uh, and separate the wheat from the chaff, at least I'll have an idea as to what I have and what I'm missing, which would be a help probably so, uh kev if you wanted that information eberron was officially published in 2004 but it won a contest from wizard of the coast to become an official DD setting in 2002 and two yeah I remember battle that. chasers ended in 2001 oh so there you go so so yeah so battle chasers i would say highly influenced this mm -hmm. And again, if you're able to get Battle Chasers, which, by the way, again, recently, I think, has been collected and released. I think really recently they collected it and released it again in the last, maybe in the last year or two. Um, you should definitely pick that up. That's definitely kind of a great sort of guide, feel, visual aid, if you will, for uh, for working Eberron into your D&D um, &D campaigns. So there you go. There you go. I um, just want to say, I think this book really is going to help a lot of people with D&D because it brings a lot of interesting and very different aspects to the D&D &D world in general, 5e officially, with like right. changelings and um, dragon marks and orcs, half-orcs. Warforged. Warforged. And that kind of thing. It just looks and feel. How do I say this? It just looks like something that you're going to want to take part in if you're homebrewing right. a campaign, you're going to want to involve everyone in your campaign. Yeah, agreed, totally. It's just a lot of fun. And how how many pages? Uh two like at least 300. 30 something. 300 without including the map. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's also a map in the back of the collector's edition. Nice. So, you're looking at over 300 Three, pages yeah. tilted in map and what's the price tag? Uh, 
U.S. retail is fifty bucks. Fifty bucks. So forty nine ninety nine over three hundred pages of really interesting uh, and really sort of essential, in my opinion, uh, uh, D and D campaign material right there in the brand new Eberron book. Make sure that you check out and see if you like it. Maybe some people will like the other cover better. Don't know who those people are, but maybe they will. <laughs> uh, and and uh, you can check out both covers. Um, maybe uh, we'll put uh, images of them up on the website mm-hmm. with this episode. Do we still do that? I don't even know because we're in the middle of yeah, working we're in the, the midst new website. Of everything. everything can go on Facebook. So, Facebook, sure. yeah. yeah. Facebook. For oh, sure. Facebook. Right. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, for sure. Um, one right. of us can do it. I'll, I'll leave that assignment to Mr. Sandwich. Sure. There there you, you know my. My thing about the regular cover is it could go on any other book and be fine. It does not have – it's not Eberron. It's just, oh, right. look, a fantasy picture. It's a bit more generic. Yeah, nothing about it speaks to Eberron. This it's one just, kind of sets the scene a little you know, bit for the book. Yeah. It's, it, so, Wizards of the Coast, over 300 pages, forty nine ninety five. It's Eberron, so make sure that uh, you check that out. There you go. So the generic cover is actually in the alternate – in the uh, collector's edition. Literally, oh, is that the other cover? this is the other cover right here. Oh, it could weird. go on any other book, and you wouldn't know what the hell. Weird. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. All right, let's uh, go to one other bit of D and D news. Uh, for I believe it was at least the second time uh, this year, the New York Times uh, did a spotlight on Dungeons and Dragons uh, with the article titled "In a Chaotic World: Dungeons and Dragons Is Resurgent." The role-playing game has made a surprising return to mainstream culture. You, you know what I'm thinking, uh, Mr. Monty, not to cut you What's off? Are, we're running a bit long, aren't we? What, we are. What, where are we at? We are uh, about a buck twenty-two-ish. Oh, we we should definitely move. Either we're going to move this to the bonus show, or actually, I think we should save it for next week. Let's so save why it don't for we next just week? So it. you can chime in on, yeah, on let's this. Let's tease it for next week. And uh, we'll talk more about that article next week because we're running wicked long right Sounds now. good. It's D&D. Warriors that terrify. It's D&D. And I think we should probably go to that. What's that uh, The segment that I enjoy? Oh, that's the wrap-up, sir. The wrap-up? <laughs> All right, guys, here's a quick recap of episode 566, Eberron, motherfucker. Uh, we'll begin with the recaps that we have of Mandalorian and Rick and Morty, the first episode of these new seasons. Absolute home runs, absolutely hysterical or intriguing in their own way, and uh, they have us hooked, and we definitely will be talking more about them as the show continues. Yes, and uh, we also talked about Disney planning to fix the Simpsons aspect ratio problem. Um, Those early episodes were a bit square, so they're going to fix those as well. And uh, John Favreau wants another shot at a Star Wars holiday special with the Mandalorian character. He talks about, you know, a a little bit about maybe doing, uh, um, you know, an animated Mandalorian and some other things. Um, 
I honestly don't think it's going to happen, at least not in the way that, you know, not not in the way that the old one happened, which, thank God, uh, you know, was a disaster. Uh, and then also in uh, Disney uh, sort of Marvel-ish news, Chadwick Boseman wants nothing to do with the Marvel Disney Plus series, and rightly so, because he's he doesn't need to do one. And, and his character, I mean, as a cameo, sure. As a voiceover, sure. But who, you know, he definitely, it's not that he's above GB. He just, yeah, there's just no calls, call for it. Marvel also released five mysterious dates, um, but they've talked about 20 movies. So nobody knows what these dates are going to mean. I think it's kind of pointless to have it without them. And lastly, in the Marvel bit, uh, TJ Miller is, is decrying returning in the Deadpool 3 Maybe because it's going to be Disney now and he feels like, you know, it's not going to be as good. Maybe uh, for whatever reason, I think T.J. Miller should shut his mouth and take the paycheck before he ticks off Disney and 40 percent of the world's box office and doesn't work again. It's not his first rodeo, by the way. He did a voice in um, uh, what you call it. Uh, was that the movie about the super the kid superheroes? I can't remember the name of it. Big Hero Six. There you go whatever it was yeah he did a voice in that too so you know like he he really should really stop poking the bear if you know what i mean Mm -hmm. speaking of poking the bear um sandwich poked the bear at the top of the show (laughs) by making comments about og that i think he will come to regret at some point um so there was that as well yeah uh og can suck it uh We talked about oh. in segment two uh, the beautiful Sith Trooper from Hot Toys, uh, yes. given out by Sideshow Collectibles, and the Eberron D and Man uh, book hidden stores campaign today. Setting, campaign setting, campaign setting. It's a source book. Uh, yes, hidden shelves today, Tuesday. Uh, we'd like to highlight the collector's edition, of course. Make sure you go to your local comic book store to uh, pick up a copy. Sure. And, uh, Big Cap, what's your social media info? Oh, me first? Yes, you supposed to be yours first. I'll be yours first. All right, fine. Thank you, sir. Uh, So you can find me as Monty's Mayhem. That's M O N T. No, 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 no. You're supposed to say you can hear us each and every week here at Big Cap. No, sorry. Damn it. Damn. You can hear us every week at Geek Stuff TNG uh, in all the usual places that you, you get your podcast, or check us out over at Geek Stuff TNG, which still just bounces over to Big Kev's Geek Stuff for the moment. Uh, and check out all the episodes that are available to you over there. Uh, my social media, if you're looking for me on the Xbox uh, One, Xbox One Nation, uh, I am Big Kev GS, where myself, Cousin Dave, Uncle E-Rock and very rarely, apparently, the sandwich are trying to bring uh, law and order to a lawless West. Uh, also, uh, you can check me out on other social medias, BK Geek Stuff. Uh, so uh, check those out, Mr. Monty. You can find me as Monty's Mayhem. That's M-O-N-T-E-S-M-A-Y-H-E-M. On Instagram, on Twitter, on Snapchat, uh, YouTube, Twitch, and um, that's about it. You could find me at Fat Dumbledore on the Instagram and Xbox Live Nation. That's F A T D O M B L E D O R E. There you go. And with that, Big Kev. 
With that, Mr. Monty and the sandwich, we will bring this episode of Geek Stuff TNG to a close. Episode 566, the one we referred to as Eberron, motherfucker. Uh, the way we end some shows by saying... Good night, OG, wherever you are. And on that note, we cue the music. <laughs>